Gathering each year to meet old friends, make new acquaintances and to find out about the latest ideas and trends is common to many conferences, but not all associations are alike. How many have a plant with its own Twitter account? Or are collegial to the point of sharing secrets with your competition? That's the AAUP annual meeting. This episode of 1869, the Cornell University Press podcast, is longer than our previous nine. We've got two guests, Greg Britton, Editorial Director at Johns Hopkins University Press and a stalwart of the AAUP world, and Zach Gresham, Editorial Assistant at Vanderbilt University Press and a relative newcomer to our midst. Two very different viewpoints of our annual gathering, but we'll start with Greg's take on things. Welcome, Greg. Thanks for joining me. Oh, it's great to be here, Mark. So we just, uh, well, not just got back now, it's already a week plus or whatever from, from AAUP in... Uh, sunny, sultry Austin. Um, it was pretty hot, right? It was really hot there. Oh yeah. my gosh, and the humidity. And you did the run, of course, so you were you know, even more I so. Did, I did. I, in fact, the great thing about that run is I end up, you know, because I'm slow and other people are faster, I end up running with someone who I, who I didn't start out with. Mm-hmm. And I was running with the publisher from, from Kenya. Uh, and at a certain point, he turned to me as we're both just... Uh, sweating and slogging through this humidity, he turned to me and said, I'm from Nairobi. It's very hot here. <laughs> okay, but that, that's pretty much all we need to know for, for weather-wise. And if, if a guy from Nairobi is telling you it's too hot. Um, <laughs> that's right. Yeah. Luckily, there was air conditioning every now and then, so that, that works. Um, so, yeah, so to, I, one of the things I wanted to ask you about is, um, you know, you and I are both on Twitter, as are many others, and... And uh, it's such a fun and interesting platform to be on. But I feel like um, AAUP has really kind of embraced it. And I just kind of wanted to know what your thoughts are on its role within the, you know, the kind of the, the annual meeting. Right. You know, I've always thought of the AAUP as the original kind of social network. Um, it is a, a group of people that are... Um, you know, we work in the same industry. We work in really similar jobs. We are we are in a in a commercial setting that might foster competition. And what I notice in AAUP is it fosters a lot of collaboration and sharing and a certain generosity. And that seems to have translated really well in in the digital age. Um, I think I think Twitter is is. Um, uh, been a real plus at at conferences like this. Um, what what I notice, and I think you've probably seen this as well, is there is a speaker on stage, and they are talking to an audience, and that audience is kind of talking back to them. The audience is also whispering to each other about things, and they're all doing it online. Um, I think it's it makes it a really rich conversation, um, and it's a lot of fun. Yeah, I, I think that, that sort of weird interaction is really an interesting part of it, especially when the speakers are actively sort of engaging on that secondary platform at the same time, if you like. So um, I, don't know, I don't know that it happens so much this year, but I know in past years, you know, 
there has been actual audience speaker interaction through Twitter as things are going along. And that's, that's an odd thing, but a fun thing, right? Right. I once saw at a conference where there was, they had the tweet stream up on a screen that was sort of diagonal to the speaker. So the speaker could both see the audience and, and both the audience and the speaker could see the, the stream. And um, she, she, the speaker, started taking questions from the Twitter stream. She was reading it and would say, oh, let me respond to that. And then there were, there were people tweeting to that hashtag who were not in the room, who were following the conversation remotely. And I realized she's talking to people who are not in this room. And so this became this three-way conversation that was both happening in real time and online. Um, that's, that's the moment where I figured Twitter is the way to engage in, a, in an academic conference. Yeah, yeah, I, I would absolutely agree. It was interesting this year, though, I mean, the, you know, what happened to the plant? <laughs> right. You're referring to the, the plenary plant that was a, um, uh, a, 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 basically a house plant that took on its own persona during a conference. Yeah, um, yeah, it didn't reemerge this year. No, I think it, I, I mean I, it obviously grew into something very different this year with the whole. Uh, I mean, it was more like a half a palm tree or something. But yeah, I, I kind of missed the the plants' uh, less serious take on things. It's funny. I I had um, I was thinking about the favorite sessions I um, I saw, and one of them I have to tell you is the one I ran. Um, it, those are always my favorites. Um, <laughs> Uh, this one was, it, it was trying to do something equally meta, which was, it, it was a session on working remotely. And I have to say, at some conferences, I get tired of, you know, three panelists sitting at the front table talking to an audience. Mm-hmm. And, um, and what we did, because it was about working remotely, there were six panelists, and three of them were actually people who didn't come to the conference because they worked remotely. And so they they dialed in on a video conferencing line. And, and then I had the three panelists in the room also sitting on their laptops. And, um, and the screen behind the stage had all six people on it. Um, and so it looked like the opening credits to the Brady Bunch. It really did. Um, but we but we ran the conference or we ran the session like a uh, like a, a remote um, office meeting mm-hmm. um, with an agenda and that conversation on the pitfalls of working remotely. Um, and of course, five minutes in, the video started to freeze <laughs> up, which um, uh, everyone was laughing about. I was sweating, but it, it, as it turns out, it all worked out. Were you sweating because of the robe you were wearing, or? <laughs> Fantastic. You know what? What I really enjoyed, what the many things I enjoyed about that particular session, but but the um, you know the, the the experiment, if you like, of having people in the room and people not in the room, but also like you say, doing the kind of Brady Bunch thing. There were people asking the question, like, "Where do you look? Do you look at the screen? Do you look at the people who are actually in the room speaking?" There was kind of this weird, uh, right. you know how to how to embrace this new way of doing it. It was really fun, I thought, you know. Right. Well, I always, I, I, there is a theater to conferences, and 
And if ever you break the fourth wall, this this really did break the fourth wall. Um, so um, yeah, I, I don't know. I, I I would love to see other panelists um, or or, or uh, session chairs experiment with different ways of of spending that time. Absolutely. So is that would you say in some ways? I'm going to come back to other sessions that were highlights, maybe or just bigger highlights. But you maybe just think. Is that one, is that a takeaway for you for for future uh, future AAUP you know, meetings? You know, it really is, and it's it's something that um, that I've seen happen over the last three or four years at the AAUP meeting. People experimenting with different formats. Um, I, for for so long, it was run like an academic conference where people would prepare papers, they would stand up in front and they would read papers and then a commenter would comment on them. And that that might work at the MLA. I would argue that it really doesn't anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, it doesn't work at all in a setting like this of professionals who are really engaged in trading ideas. Um, you know, if you think about that format, it's you, you take some of the most literate people in the country and you... Um, we write papers and we bring them together and then we read out loud to them. Um, it just it doesn't much make sense anymore. So I I I love uh, to see people experiment with the form. Do you think we need more of a TED Talk style of approach? Well, that was certainly the the final the final plenary, um, mm-hmm. which uh, was run as a TED Talk. It, it was fantastic. Mm-hmm. Um, that sets a very high bar for for people, but. Um, I uh, I was once recently on a panel at the MLA, and the organizer um, Bill Germano asked all the participants um, to to not write anything down. Um, he he said, I, "I'm going to ask you no notes on your uh, on the desk in front of you." He said, "I just want you to speak extemporaneously," and um, it turned into being a, a really engaged, thoughtful conversation um, oh I love that idea so, yeah that's excellent yeah yeah so um, I don't know any other takeaways or, or big highlights or things that just really stood out to you that, that yeah you know? there were there were a couple of sessions that I thought were were fantastic um, I I actually didn't because of another session I was in didn't go to the the session on how editors work with their faculty editorial boards but my staff, many of them were at that and came back and were really um, enthusiastic about it and had tons of things to say about it. Do you guys Other, do a, like a, do you, at Johns Hopkins, do you do a, a, you know, after the party kind of thing where you, you all sit down and talk about what you Yeah, that's it, it, funny. We don't call it after the party. We call it a post-mortem. Maybe a different um, meaning, but um, we do. Um, we everybody came in. It was a sort of brown bag format, yeah. and I asked everyone to come up with five things that you know, five takeaways or five things they want to talk about. And we just walked around the room, and everybody had their had their ideas and their comments. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The most enthusiasm that I heard from from my staff um, was about the conversations around diversity and publishing. Mm-hmm. They seemed really energized by this. Um, the and the real takeaway f- that I picked up in uh, in listening to those conversations 
was that, you know, publishers for years have been talking about how non-diverse we are and, and scratching our heads about how to fix that. And there was a session on um, concrete ways that um, we, could, we could break that logjam. And all of the ideas were coming from junior staff. And they were coming from junior staff who said, you know, all the leaders at my press are scratching their heads. They don't know what to do. And so they think the problem is intractable and they don't do anything. And so we just decided to, you know, form a little lunch group that talked about strategies. We started to recruit interns. We started, in other words, it, it was all a grassroots move hmm. to diversify their presses. And at a certain point, the leaders in those presses started to notice it and and then put support behind it. Hmm. Um, these things can't happen without leaders supporting these things. But you know what? Uh, it, what? What I learned is it's not good enough to sit around saying, gee, the director should do something about this. Right. These were sometimes really junior staff who were just saying, you know, screw it, I'm going to do this myself. Um, that was really exciting. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It was at that same session that someone from the University of Illinois Press, I think it was Margot Cheney, who's the exhibits manager, stood up and said, you know, as a group we talk a lot about mentoring and how older people should mentor younger people. She said, in this issue, it makes sense to reverse the flow of information, that we should have younger people, more junior staff, mentoring their bosses. Um, and and, and that, was, that was an idea that was new to me. I had never really thought about how that would work. And uh, she used the expression mentoring up and she was encouraging the young people in the room to mentor up, mentor their bosses. Hmm. And, and uh, that's, that's a mind-blowing idea that it's so obvious and it makes such sense that, that young people who do understand racism in the workplace, who do understand um, what diversity looks like, who, um, who are, to use their expression, who are woke, hmm. um, let's, let's have them teach us how to do it. Um, that's, that has really changed my thinking about, um, how we can fix the problem. Yeah, I, it's really interesting that you brought up both the diversity and the sort of, I'll say youth, although it isn't necessarily an age thing, uh, junior stuff. I, to me, those were two, of course. yeah, those were two of my, my big takeaways as well was this kind of like, I mean, I really like this idea that not only of mentoring up, but this kind of like grassroots approach, uh, it was it was fun and refreshing to see and hear younger junior staff talking and, and collaborating in ways that we might normally expect of more senior staff. Um, right. So so yeah, adding that into a much more refreshing discussion and open discussion about uh, how white our industry typically is, I think those two things to me were really big takeaways. Absolutely agree. With right. That. Um, the reality is we. We're all students. We all have things to learn. That is that. Now, that if that isn't a way to or a thing to end uh, a podcast on, I don't know what is, Greg. That was great. Yes, we are all students. We've got to keep learning for sure. And I guess AAUP hopefully helps us do that. It sure does. All Thanks right. so much, Mark. Yeah, I appreciate it. Thanks a lot, Greg. I, that's uh, it's been good. Thank you.
that was Greg, and now we'll uh, chat to Zach and see what he has to say about it as well. Well, welcome, Zach. Thanks for joining. Uh, thanks. I'm happy to be here. Great. So uh, it's a little, oh, I don't know, seven, eight, nine days, whatever we are, since uh, AAUP. Maybe it's not even that much. I, I've lost track of time. Um, Thank you. Yeah. But we've returned back to our all, all uh, returned back to our spots, and so I just wanted to chat and see what you thought, and uh, kind of get your take on the on the meeting as a whole. So what do you think? Is there, is there something, what, what was the kind of the, uh, what did you walk away from thinking, oh yeah, that's the thing that I'm really going to take away from this meeting? Well, it, it was my second AAUP, and uh, just like the first one I went to, the thing I walked away feeling uh, kind of the most excited about was with the larger press community being so supportive and so keen on everybody else's presses operating in a, in a happy way. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. I feel like I went back to Vanderbilt feeling very much like I wanted it to feel like I was part of a small family that was part of a larger clan. <laughs> so, did, did, is is that though how you felt? I mean, it, I feel like that's a pretty good group for that. Where there are these kind of like pockets, maybe regional pockets of mm-hmm. of families, like you say, and then we we all come together for a a great big uh, Braveheart-style mashup once a year. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I felt actually like the, the kinship was more between departments. Uh, like, I felt there, like it was a really strong meeting for EDP mm-hmm. and manuscript stuff because uh, we had the, the new Chicago manual coming out in September. There was a great session on that. There was a really good manuscript editorial breakfast. Um that was sponsored, or not sponsored, it was run by, um, I think someone at John Hopkins put that on, I don't remember. Sure. But it no, was great. Yeah, it's, I think it's, I mean, this is my, I don't know, this was my fifth or whatever it is now, so neither of us have gone, gone to that many, but um, it does seem like this sort of, you know, one year it's stronger for one department, another year it's stronger for another department. Um, so it's really good to hear that, that you came out of it with, um, you know, with a really bonus for EDP. Was there a session in particular that jumped out at you? Well, the Chicago Manual of Style 17 preview was was kind of, we were all sort of overly excited about that, and it really delivered, um, because it's in a, you know, sort of a complete geek out kind of way. She even opens the session by saying that it, you weren't a manuscript editor and you started to glaze over, you were welcome to leave. Uh, but of course, most of us were just on the edge of our seats about to hear what they were, you know, what the new recommendations were. Uh, you know, they formalized ways to uh, to cite tweets, to cite Facebook. Um, they finally recommended that we lowercase internet, take the hyphen out of the email, which is all stuff that you know affects us every single day in EDP. And uh, you know, Chicago is kind of, I'm not kind of. I mean, Chicago is the authority. That a lot of us go to as our default. Absolutely, and, uh, so that yeah. Was, that was one. So that was a wonderful session. So you know, you, you said it was kind of a geek out, and so as you were as you were walking me through that just now, the first thing that came into my mind is like, is the uh, is the preview for the next uh, edition of Chicago Manual of Style? Is that you know, is that akin to I don't know Star Wars fans eagerly anticipating the next uh, trailer that's going to be? released for the next uh, installment of Star Wars? Is it kind of that level? 
I think it's a perfect analogy, actually. Yeah. We, I mean, because a lot of us even knew some of the things that were going to be said before they came in. Like, there were sort of whispers. I mean, it sounds ridiculous <laughs> said out loud, but that's exactly the climate in there. We were all uh, really excited to be there and really, uh, really pleased to hear about the changes that they were making. So people are leaking... People are yeah. leaking, like, you know, this is kind of like an Apple product release where we get these little leaks and stuff. <laughs> this, is, this is how it works with Chicago Manuals. I'm learning so much. This is excellent. <laughs> I mean, I, I would say that they're, I'm not an authority on how they do it, but I, I think that they're controlled, controlled leaks. Controlled leaks. I love it. Well, they know, you know, they know who their audience is. Um, they had great swag. Also, they had wonderful buttons and things. I mean, they're, they're clearly really excited about what they're doing. And they know that we are too. And I think that's a nice, you know, microcosm for the whole AAUP community mm. is that everybody is really aware of who they're with and who the other people are at the sessions and, and, and at the whole meeting. I've always got a sense there that you can talk to absolutely anybody because we're all, not maybe not all of us, but a huge portion of us are people who are used to being alone at parties and awkwardly, like, not speaking to people and kind of, you know, sort of wandering over to the bookshelf. And so everybody's so relieved and happy when someone comes up and says hello and introduces themselves. That's too funny. So we've got, we've got like, the, the wallflowers, the Star Wars geeks, with the controlled leaks, we're sort of veering into House of Cards territory. I mean, this is a whole, this is <laughs> a whole nother level of, of uh, AAUP. Um, I love it, though. Fantastic. So... The, a big takeaway for you was the kind of community and family, uh, the Chicago Man of Style session. Anything else stand out or anything else that, that made you think or ideas for future uh, meetings? I mean, yeah, there was a, there was a session um, about peer-to-peer education and staff development. Yeah. That was, uh, the chair was Liz Beasley from Duke. Yeah. Um, that session was was wonderful. That session was a lot closer to what I felt like I was going to get out of the happiness speech <laughs> at the end. Yeah, um, yeah, which was fine, which was which was wonderful. But the but the uh, the peer to peer education session to me uh, really made. I really left that session feeling like we could feeling like we have uh, like everyone really is, or most people really are as excited as I feel personally about what we do at the presses, and yep. that communication between departments, Vanderbilt's a really small, very, very small press, mm-hmm. and I'm, I'm an assistant there, but I assist, so I kind of assist all departments, because mm-hmm. I'm the only assistant yep. for everyone, and well, that's, I take that back, I don't actually do much for, for marketing unless they need boxes moved or something, but um, <laughs> in terms of acquisitions and EDP, uh, I work kind of for everyone, and so being at this session about peer-to-peer education uh, within a press uh, was really helpful because it showed me the way that some of of these other presses work, like Georgetown specifically uh, had a wonderful presentation. I have it here. I I don't remember. I didn't know her. I didn't get to meet her. Uh, Laura Laura Mm Lycom? I think I might be right. Yeah. Well, no, I don't, but I know who you mean, yeah. Her presentation was great. All those presentations were good, but hers just made me want to work at Georgetown immediately. 
It, it, she was the one that, that Georgetown has the uh, like the Halloween parties yes. and stuff. Okay, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yes, it was great. It just looked it just looked like a blast. And uh, you know, it sounds like their director there is really, really pushing them to take a minute and enjoy each other. Yeah. How many of you are there at Vanderbilt? I think there's six full time, and then two of us are. Part-time. Mm-hmm. So you guys, I mean, with a press that size, you really are uh, much closer in that sense. You know, if you think about a press like, I mean, Chicago was in that, you know, uh, was in that presentation, right, in that panel. I mean, yeah. the one of their departments has more people than than you do at, at the office. So it oh, kind of forces yeah, you guys, yeah, forces you guys to be a little bit more uh, family-oriented. Is that fair to say? I, well, it's, it's for me, coming back, I was encouraged by the possibilities of being at a small press. Mm-hmm. Yeah. In Chicago, I, in, when I was in Denver at AUT, I witnessed multiple times, actually, I witnessed people who worked at Chicago meeting each other for the first time. <laughs> yeah, that's a, different, that's a different world for sure. Yeah. It's, it's, it's a lot of people. It's yeah. A lot of people. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, so what are you thinking for next year? If you get to go, are you uh, are there sessions that you would like to see done or uh, ideas that you would like to put forward? I, well, I've, I've freelanced the rest of the time. And, you know, I've just come into an in-house job at University Press. And I, I'd like to see a session more about freelancers. There's been a lot of talk about early career stuff, and I think that that could be uh, you know, sort of truncated and with a session about freelancing and moving from freelancing into in-house jobs. Uh, freelancers, I think, get overlooked a lot mm-hmm. when it comes to, to job searching. And I think that that's a mistake hmm. uh, because because really a lot of the time, if you didn't intern when you were 18, you're just out of luck mm-hmm. getting a job. I got really lucky, um, but it took five years of freelancing full-time before I was able to land even a part-time position, right? Out of out of press, I feel like, and also anyway, on the other the other end of it, there are there were several people who have come to me, who work as assistants, or or even people people who work as acquisitions editors who want to get into freelancing, on the side. Um, I wish it was a little bit more porous. Hmm. Well, it sounds like that would be. I mean, it sounds like that would be worth. Uh... Pitching to the uh, to the organizers. Yeah, I suppose it is. I suppose yeah. it is, right? And and that's kind of, yeah. I hear you. It's kind of on me, I guess. To, to <laughs> I, I think it's a really interesting. You're right. It's a really interesting um, aspect of our business, and so yeah, put it out there. Um, Zach, I really appreciate you joining me to chat about AAUP. I uh, I hope that your um, ideas do get picked up for next year, and that uh, you continue to be able to get to go and. Good luck with uh, with that. Yeah, likewise. I hope to see you in San Francisco. All right. Take care. Thanks, Zach. Bye, Martin. Both Greg and Zach are on Twitter, of course, and you should follow them at GMBritain and at ZGresham. Me, you can find at Martin Beanie. Subscribe to our podcast on SoundCloud or iTunes if you wish. We hope you uh, enjoy our episodes. And you've been listening to 1869, the Cornell University Press Podcast. Thank you.